listening to Nightlight. Hi and welcome to this, the latest edition of Nightlight. As always, it's a pleasure to be with you. And we have with us on Nightlight today a special guest. His name is Steve Gild. Steve's a writer and a musician, and he's also blind. And he'll be speaking to us over Skype from the USA and giving us an insight into what it's like not to be able to see. But first, let's start with a song from Ray Brannan. It's called Right Before Your Eyes. in recent years. I do have a few songs from Ray from way back and I had no idea that he was still writing and producing fresh material until someone sent me the link to two albums of songs on his website. 20 songs in all and Ray's happy to let me share them with you on this program and they're great songs. So lots more from Ray on upcoming Nightlight shows. We have a guest tonight on Nightlight. 
Well, let me introduce you now to our special guest on Nightlight today. His name is Steve Gilb, who also has the pen name Steve Hartz. And Steve is speaking to us over Skype from the USA. Thanks for joining us on the show, Steve. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Where in the U.S. are you talking to us from? I'm talking to you from Fort Wayne, Indiana, U.S. Steve, this is the first time we've had a blind guest on Nightlight. I'd like to ask you a few questions that can help us have a better understanding and appreciation of what it's like not to be able to see. But first of all, maybe you could briefly tell us the cause of your blindness. And did you lose your sight at a certain age or were you born blind? Well, I became blind uh, shortly after birth. I was born two months premature and had to be placed in an incubator right after I was born. I was in an incubator for 30 days. And after that, it became evident to my parents that something was wrong with my eyes. So they took me to see a couple of doctors, both of whom diagnosed my blindness. Now, there were two opinions as to the cause of it. One doctor said it was just a birth defect, and the other said that it was because of the intensive oxygen therapy I was given in the incubator, which may have damaged my eyes. Steve, can you remember the earliest feelings that you had as a young child when you realized that you were blind while everybody else around you could see? Yes, I remember it hit me the hardest when at about age seven, I'd say, I realized that I had to learn to read in Braille, read and write in Braille, which was something different from the way other people around me were reading and writing. That's when the reality of my situation really hit home. And that explained why, no matter how hard I tried, when I opened up a normal book, like a book that wasn't in Braille, all I could do was just touch the page and it just seemed, it just felt like paper with nothing on it. And even when I held it to my eyes, nothing jumped off it, nothing registered. <laughs> and, you know, that was, that was really the main thing that caused the reality of my situation to, to hit home, was realizing that I had to learn to read and write in a way that most of those around me were, were not reading and writing in. How difficult was it to read and write in Braille? It was a challenge, to be sure. <laughs> um, it, it, it took, like, God bless my mother, who's now with the Lord. She was a very determined soul, and she taught herself to read Braille after she found an instruction book, like a tutorial book. Uh, she taught herself to sight-read it, and after that, she taught me to read it with my fingers. And once we really got rolling on it, it was a challenge because these dots, for I'm sure that most of the listeners have seen or felt a Braille book before. If not, here's a, just a brief explanation. The Braille system is uh, a system of dots. It's composed of what's called the the Braille cell, which is a system of six dots, and you use, uh, you combine the dots in a certain way 
to form letters and punctuations like dot one is always the letter A, dot one and two is B, etc., etc. For letters and punctuations, there are different combinations, and it's a question, it's a matter of memorizing these formations, these combinations, and uh, knowing how they feel, and thus figuring out what they mean. You know, that, that was my challenge, and in the beginning, these dots really didn't have any meaning for me, and I was really able to relate to sighted people who would also look at the Braille books I was trying to read and think, how are you going to tackle this? And I'd say, I don't know. <laughs> but um, it was amazing. Uh, as I said earlier, my mother was a very determined soul. Um, one solution that the Lord gave her after she really prayed for, for help and breakthrough for my understanding the Braille system and being able to read it, by this time I had already, or my parents had already ordered a Braille Bible for me, and she decided to, since she could sight read Braille, she decided to turn my Bible t to chapters that I had already committed to memory, of which there were many, like, and have me read chapters and verses that I'd already memorized, and thus become familiar with the, with the dot patterns, feeling them with my hands, and that really helped. It was a big breakthrough, and once I figured that out, once I got rolling with that, once I was able to grasp chapters from the Bible that I I'd committed to memory, I was encouraged to read chapters that I had not committed to memory, and that really sparked my interest in reading in general, as well as a renewed interest in God's Word. Steve, it sounds like your parents, and I'm sure your whole family, were a huge support for you. Oh, they were terrific. Without a doubt, it was difficult for my family when this news first reached them, the news of my blindness. But my parents were real strong in faith, and they really kept us all solidly, you know, they, they really did their best to keep us all positive and believing. And um, in my case, they and other people who took care of me were very faithful to read to me and tell me stories about people who, who were also blind or lived with physical challenges or handicaps, whatever you want to call them, and who God used greatly. Folks like Fanny Crosby, the famous hymn writer and Helen Keller, who was deaf, dumb, and blind, but who, with the help of a Christian nurse and a lot of help from God, no doubt, became a writer and public speaker. Feeling all right while listening to Nightlight. Steve, let's break for a song. And I asked you, besides your own songs that you're going to sing on the program, if there were any songs in particular that had been an encouragement to you that you'd like to introduce. And you chose Reach for the Sky, whose lyrics, I believe, were written by Helen Keller. Yes, this song encouraged me tremendously. Now, I was about 12 or 11 years old when I first heard it. It was just a wonderful message reminding me that no matter how dark the road may look ahead of me, any dream I dream can come true if I reach for the sky, which to me means being willing to 
to step out and and try to be an overcomer in spite of my my disability and this song has always been a tremendous encouragement to me and I believe it'll be a tremendous encouragement to our listeners Do you ever feel so long and you can't see That's Heart to Heart with Reach for the Sky. And funnily enough, I remember introducing that song when I emceed a series of concerts in India in the early 90s. And it was in aid of the Indian Association of the Blind, if I recall. Yes, it was. And that's actually where I first heard it when I listened to the video of that concert. It's nightlight. What a delight. 
Steve, most of us, I think, take the gift of sight for granted. But from time to time, when we see a blind person making their way down the street with the help of a white cane, we may pause to wonder what it's like to live in a world where you cannot see. Uh, for example, how do you keep yourself occupied? What kind of daily schedule do you have? Yes, well, there's a lot available for folks like us, which enables us to get things done and keep busy. There's a lot of computer software available,、uh, like thanks to the help of a screen reader, which is called NVDA, which means non-visual desktop access.、Uh, I'm doing this Skype call with you, totally unassisted, of course. The Lord's here assisting us both, uh, but uh, yeah. But as in, I didn't require any assistance from others setting up, and、uh, this software also enables me to answer emails, surf the internet, download things from online. Also, it helps me tremendously in my ministry of writing articles. There's, you know, there are lots of blind people who are musicians. And I'm one of them. Music is one of the gifts the Lord's given me. There are even blind people who are real good chefs. I know a fellow who I met while in Mexico. He was quite the chef.、Uh, I'm not very strong in the cooking area. I'm still looking to learn more along that line. But there are also computer programmers.、Um, concerning my daily schedule, the things, the main things that keep me occupied. On a daily basis, are like I just mentioned, writing articles, ministering spiritually to people via phone and email, and also occasionally I sing and do musical presentations in different places. So I often have to practice for for those. And as far as a regular schedule, I follow、um, with each of these projects. Which is kind of a daily, ongoing thing. With each of these projects, I just try to figure out what is the most priority on any given day, and try to focus on that. Like if I'm writing an article that that has a deadline on it, for example, then then I might、uh, focus a good portion of my day on that. Or if I'm preparing for a musical presentation that's just a few days away, I might focus the majority of my day on that. But I try to fit in a little bit of everything. Into each day, one thing that I try to keep as as regular as possible is being up around a quarter to seven every morning and、uh, in bed around eleven in the evening. Also, depending on my state of health or energy, you know there are always exceptions, but just generally that's the idea of the schedule I keep, and I try to. Be as productive and keep as busy as possible. Steve, regarding your writing ministry, I want to thank you so much for the articles and devotionals that you've been writing over the past years and posting on the Teen Web page. Just one thing, they've certainly been a blessing to my teens and even younger children, and to me too. And we've really enjoyed them. Oh, thank God, thank you. It's a pleasure. It's it's a lot of fun to be able to. Reach out to the teen generation in this way, and yes, thank God for the advances in technology 
that allows you to write and edit and record and do all of these things. I guess you don't really need Braille anymore. Well, I don't use it very much, very regularly, especially since I have a talking computer and even a talking cell phone, etc. But I do keep it around. To me, it's sort of like it's sort of like the way. A sighted person wouldn't stop using a pencil and paper, especially in case all his、uh, digital appliances or or machines would would go out, you know, would fail on him, you know. So I do read Braille on a regular basis. A lot of times I pick up my Bible in Braille. Of course, if I need to find something real quick, I can always look it up online with the help of a screen reader. But sometimes, just to keep the Braille in my memory, I. I read it regularly, and I have a brailing machine that I also write with. So, personally, I don't see braille losing its place in day-to-day -day life for people like us any more than I see mankind stop using a pencil and paper. <laughs> But that's just my opinion.、So. You're with Nightlight. Steve, a few years ago, my secretary Nadia happened to be at a fellowship, and I think it may have been in Houston, where you sang and played the guitar. So I, I knew that you were a musician, and also from some of the articles you've written, and I wanted to ask you if you'd like to share a song or two on the show, just singing acoustically, which for no good reason, actually, we've never had somebody sing acoustically on the show before. Do you have your guitar there with you? Yes, sir. I have it handy, and I'd be glad to play a couple of songs on the show. Please go ahead and introduce your first song. Thank you. Excellent. Now, I'm going to start off with one that's particularly special to me because the Lord inspired it at a moment like the ones we all go through in our personal walk with the Lord—a moment where the tests of life seemed particularly challenging—and、uh, I. Wasn't sure how I was going to make it, but I knew I needed more faith, and I sincerely asked the Lord in this song to increase my faith. It was a prayer that He gave me the music for, and since I was on a mission to Mexico at the time, He also gave me a Spanish translation for the song. So I'm going to I'm going to sing it in. Both languages, if that's okay, since it's a pretty short and simple song. Here we go. Oh Lord, please forgive me for my lack of faith and trust in you. That you would somehow see me through. Forgive me. Looking at the waves and losing sight of your strong hand that keeps, protects, and heals and saves. Forgive me for trying to get things done in my own arm. Teach me to be patient even when the wait is long. I do believe. Please help thou my unbelief. Give me a faith that isn't shaken by the 
stone Keep me strong in the face of loss Help me joyfully bear your cross Help me faithfully pursue you At any and all costs Señor, por favor perdóname por mi falta de fe, que en vez de confiar dudé. Perdóname, porque de ti no me aferré, en vez me asusté, y en las olas me fijé. Perdóname, porque en mi propio espíritu yo obré. Enséñame paciencia, enséñame a esperar. Señor, yo te creo ya, ayuda mi incredulidad. Dame una fe que en la tormenta aguantará. Alegría llevar mi cruz, ayúdame a permanecer fiel, aún hasta morir. Yes, keep me strong in the face of loss, help me joyfully bear your cross, help me faithfully pursue you at any and all costs. Beautiful song, Steve. And as I said, that was the first time anyone has ever sung live on the program. Nightlight. You're listening to an international edition of Nightlight, shining God's love light to the world. Steve, one thing you hear about blind people is that without the sense of sight, their other senses become more developed, especially, I would imagine, the sense of hearing. Is this true in your experience? Definitely, because that goes without saying that when you're without one or more of your senses, you obviously learn to depend more on the ones you have to be able to survive and move on in life. For example, the sense of sound is what guides me every day. Like, I walk around with a white cane, uh, not so much in the house, since I usually manage to figure my way around uh, my residence pretty well. But whenever I'm out in the street, I always use a white cane or out in public, especially in a place that I'm not familiar with, I always use a cane. and. A lot of times uh, I'll know when I'm walking, for instance, this is one way that sound really helps me, uh, if there's something in my way, either in front of me or on either side of me, I'll hear like an echo coming off of it as I tap the cane on the ground, or even the echo will come off my own footsteps if there's not a lot of other noise in the background. So I'll be able to know uh, how close I am to that object. This method doesn't quite tell me 
what the object is. I usually have to touch it with the cane and even with my hands to know exactly what it is. But, but yeah, like I can determine the proximity of certain objects through this echo that comes off of them. Also, using my sense of sound and the acute ear the Lord has blessed me with has really helped me in learning to play musical instruments. With learning to play guitar, I had a lot of hands-on training from my family because both my brothers and my parents, they play guitar and they taught me what they knew and other people also taught me techniques that they knew and I just built it up from there. But with the piano, for example, I had even less hands-on training, but I was able to, with the Lord's help, I was able to figure out much of what I know on piano by ear. And I use my, my sense of sound to determine musical notes. I don't actually read music, even though there is written music in Braille. I never could figure it out. I really haven't needed to, at least not yet. Not so far in life, because the Lord has given me an acute ear for music, all for His glory. And uh, another another example of when the when my sense of sound really came in handy. And I'm not sharing this, or rather, I'm not sharing this to brag about my my good hearing. I'm just sharing this example to amplify the point you make, which is very true. That for folks like us our sense of sound really does develop as we learn to use it every day. This happened while I was uh, hanging out with some friends on a weekend. We were having some pizza, I think, in a, at a friend's house and listening to a, a concert meanwhile, and the volume was jacked up pretty high at a real powerful sound system. We were all really engrossed in what we were uh, watching slash listening to. And um, I, all of a sudden, above all the, overall the noise of the, the concert, I heard the doorbell ringing. And I told our host, I said, I think someone's at the door. And he goes, no, I don't think so. I didn't hear it. And I said, I'm pretty sure I did. Maybe I'm wrong, but you just might want to check and see. So he said, okay. And he got up and and when he went to the door, when he opened it, sure enough, there was someone at the door. Nightlight's interview of the week. Steve, how about what we might call the sixth sense, your awareness and interaction with the spiritual? I imagine that when you're blind, you're much less distracted by the sight of things going on around you, and you have a lot more time for inner reflection and thinking deeply about things. Would you say that being blind has helped you to be more aware of the spiritual world that surrounds us and even enhanced your relationship with the Lord? Yes, I would say that. Now, having said that, it doesn't entirely mean that it's not a struggle to stay connected with the Lord and His Spirit at times because despite the lack of distractions that could come from being able to see, such as maybe an 
an interest in the wrong things that that our eyes can catch sight of, etc. One thing that I still struggle with a lot, the, the, the carnal mind. Not being able to see doesn't really um, change the fact that the carnal mind really gets in the way sometimes of me seeing things in the spirit like I should. Like, for example, uh, if difficult things happen to me, um, you know, I always initially go through a test where I have to choose whether I'm going to adapt what I know is God's perspective on the situation or uh, am I going to choose to adapt an, a negative perspective on the situation, you know. So all that to say, like, lots of people do regard me as someone who sees more into the spirit world, but I don't really like to toot my horn about that or boast much about it. Lots of people have even received from the Lord that this is something he really gave me, uh, an increased sight into the spirit world uh, to compensate for my lack of sight. And I do believe it and I praise him for it, though I don't uh, try not to allow it to get to my head because it's often a battle to see things in the spirit because we are uh, in the physical world. But I just have to remind myself every day that what Paul said in the Bible, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Well, that's very interesting. What are some of the other positives that you've experienced as a blind person that you're even thankful for? Well, it's really wonderful to be able to stand out as an example of someone who is seeking to overcome and keep on moving in spite of a disability. Uh, I can't count the number of times that I've been told by many people. Uh, in fact, I could tell of a few real quick, if you like. Uh, once several years ago, while on a mission in Mexico, I was walking some laps on a track while my father was jogging and I was just walking along following the curb since it it was a track that went all the way around and the curb was continuous so I was just following it with my cane and walking along and suddenly I heard the footsteps of I heard the sound of footsteps coming near me and a fellow came up to me and he said he kind of patted me on the shoulder so you know to make sure I was aware of his presence and uh, he said listen Keep right on walking. I just want to tell you something. He said, I've seen you walking here several times because I try to come here as often as I can to get exercise and walk. But the thing is, I have a real bothersome back problem that I often use as an excuse not to come here as often as I should. But seeing you so faithfully and regularly walking your laps here every time convicts me and motivates me to move on because uh, it shows me that my disability isn't half as severe as yours, yet you're faithful with your exercise. And um, another time I I was also at a sports stadium in, in Mexico uh, talking with a man whose son was autistic and I was talking to him about the different lessons I've learned as a blind person and how God has taught me to be thankful for my blindness 
instead of begrudging it. And he told me, right before I left, he told me, you've really touched my life today with your testimony. I'm going to pray that I can have the same attitude towards my son's autism, the same thankful attitude. Wow. I'm sure you have many more such testimonies that you could share. Steve, I want to make sure that we leave enough time for you to sing a second song, and maybe this would be a good place to introduce and sing it. Absolutely. This is a song the Lord gave me to encourage my sister-in-law after her mother passed away very suddenly and unexpectedly a couple years ago. And it was just to encourage her that uh, she's at the finish line and we'll see her there eventually when we get there. And that's the title of the song, The Finish Line. Reeling from the pain of sudden loss Who'd have thought that she'd so soon be gone Each day feels like a heavy cross And you wonder how you'll carry on Well, I've been in your place before Lost knocked at my door And I want you to know today My thoughts and prayers are there with you And I know love can pull you through If you keep the faith and never let hope slip away Cause she's at the finish line We're not too far behind her She's at the place where one fine day we're gonna find her And she will welcome us with joy And the pain of loss will be no more I know it's easy to lose heart In the midst of so much pain But if you hold on and not let go The sun shine through the rain Light will penetrate the dark Hope will be your shining star You'll find relief from all the pain And crushing weight And please know that we care for you You're a gift to us, it's true I know this time is hard, but together we'll all make it through. Cause she's at the finish line, we're not too far behind her. She's at the place where one fine day we're gonna find her. And she will welcome us with joy. And the pain of loss will be no more Yes, we all deeply miss her too But we're glad that thanks to her We have the gift of you She's at the finish line We're not too far behind 
find her She's at the place where one fine day we're gonna find her And she will welcome us with joy And the pain of loss will be no more Yes, she will welcome us with joy and the pain of loss will be no more. And that's our guest on this special edition of Nightlight, Steve Gilb, with a song he wrote and sung live on the show. It's called Finish Line. Beautiful. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Yeah, I just chose that one just real quick. I just chose that one because I hope it's of benefit and encouragement an inspiration to any of our listeners who may have recently experienced bereavement or loss so that they can know, because I have too, when my mother passed away 12 years ago. And, you know, I really did feel the pain of that loss, but with God's help, I came to realize that she just won the race ahead of us all and uh, we'll see her there at the finish line when we get there. Steve, that must have been quite a test for you when your mother crossed over her finish line. Well, it certainly was. And so far throughout my life, now I've been through many tests since then, before and since then, but that one was undoubtedly the biggest. However, as I look back now, I realize that it, it was an answer to prayer in many ways because before experiencing the physical loss of my mother, I always wished that I could adequately minister to the spirit of someone who was experiencing bereavement and going through its pain, but I never could because I just didn't know what to say because I couldn't relate to them. But I actually asked the Lord at one point, Jesus, I, I want you to somehow enable me to uh, reach this kind of people who are going through this type of situation because I don't know how. And I'm not implying in sharing this that God caused my mother's death because I believe that uh, he doesn't cause seemingly painful or evil things to happen to us, but he has a reason and a purpose for allowing them and he knows how to work them together for good. Steve, tell us in what ways you've been able to encourage and minister to other blind people. I don't have like a, a major witnessing ministry to blind people as of yet to speak of. However, there have been quite a few with whom I've crossed paths, especially amongst those who have recently lost their sight and who are dealing with uh, the trauma, unlike myself, who was uh, born blind and never knew what it was like to see. Uh, I think the people in the situation I just mentioned really have it worse off than I did. But I try to encourage them because they see, for example, how many musical instruments I've been able to learn and how much I've been able to learn as far as computer skills. Now, I'm not claiming to be a computer genius because I'm not, but I know how to do all the basic things I need to do from day to day 
as far as computer skills are concerned, and I keep learning more, and uh, it's definitely enough to motivate them that they can also take steps to learn these same things and more. Bringing you peace in the midst of the storm. You're listening to Nightlight. Steve, as a blind person, can you imagine what it's like to be able to see? Do you have in your mind's eye what a tree looks like, what colors look like, what a house looks like, what people look like? And another question related to that is, can you see in your dreams? And maybe to you, those are ridiculous questions. No, these are excellent questions, and I'm happy to be able to answer them. Now, as far as the first one goes, if whether I can imagine what it's like to be able to see or not, well, I guess the closest thing I've come to being able to do that is, like, whenever I hear about colors, I always associate them with an object or a substance that is of that color, because my parents taught me a fair bit about different things, just regular things all around me and what their colors are. Like, I know that uh, blood is red, for example. And orange is an orange. Exactly. Orange is orange, yeah. Whenever I uh, heard of something that was the color of orange, I would immediately have a craving for an orange. (laughs) And, uh, like, blue, I always uh, associated it with when something or someone gets real cold, you know, they start turning blue. (laughs) And uh, also, I associate red with, uh, like, when something's really hot. That's pretty much the, like, the best thing I can explain as far as colors. Like, I haven't found such association for necessarily every color. Like, well, black, I guess, I think of something either of of the darker nature or of the more dirty, sinister nature, <laughs> and white as something perhaps a bit more clean. What about your dreams? In my dreams, to answer the question of whether or not I can see in my dreams, which I can't count the, the number of times, I'd venture to say that if I had a dollar for each time I'd been asked that question, I'd be pretty well off. <laughs> but, but the simple answer is no. Because uh, for me, my dreams are, uh, like the life I live in my dreams is just like the life I live in reality. I, I hear, I touch, I taste, I, you know, I have all the same senses in dreamland that I live with in the real world. And it took me a while to, uh, I'd say I was about six years old by the time I actually realized what dreams were. Often my brothers would tell my parents and me about the dreams that they had at night. And something just finally clicked one day while they were doing that. And I forget what my dream had even been on the previous night, you know, when when this was going on the following day, when this discussion was going on the following day. But I thought, okay, so my brother is my brother was having a dream so that must have been what i was having last night when i thought i remembered doing this and that right after i fell asleep and then waking up back in my bed <laughs> like for example i dream of reading braille books 
I dream of playing musical instruments, singing, a host of other things that I do in real life. Steve, growing up and hearing stories of Jesus in the Gospels healing people, did you ever try to have the faith for Jesus to heal you, or did others pray for you to be healed, or did you accept that this was the Lord's will for you? Well, to tell you the truth, all three of the things you mentioned happened at some point in my life, and exactly in that order, starting from when I was about seven, eight years old. I'm more like eight or nine. I did receive a lot of prayer, and I was even anointed with oil, and I claimed verses, and, uh, uh, you know, there, there are multitudes of verses about Jesus healing blind people, like you said, in the Gospels, and and um, blind people still get healed today. But for reasons that only he knows, the miracle we prayed for didn't take place and still has not. But it eventually got to the point, uh, especially as I got older, I'd say, yeah, well, around the same age, but just as time continued to pass, that I began to take great comfort in Paul's explaining in 1 Corinthians about the thorn in the flesh that he lived with and how he asked to be delivered from it three times, but the Lord told him that his grace was sufficient for him, so I kind of considered myself in the same boat, and I've, I eventually came to accept that as the will of God. Now, this doesn't mean that I have totally outruled the possibility that Jesus could, or even would, give me sight, because blind people do get healed even today. But it got to the point where I was able to make a commitment with the Lord that regardless of whether he saw fit to give me sight in this life or not, I would serve him. I wouldn't wait until I saw that miracle. And he's even used me in ways, you know, all for his glory, he's even used me in ways that I could have never thought possible. Like, he's called me to pray for sick people to be healed, and many of them have been healed, praise the Lord. I'm still doing that. And that's a ministry that I really uh, uh, feel called to and am, am pursuing. I pray for people over the phone or Skype or email, and even in person when the opportunity arises. And I know it's him doing the work, not me. So briefly, when he first called me to this ministry of praying for people to be healed, I felt a little bit hesitant. I said, but Lord, unless you give me sight, what kind of testimony is it going to be for someone who's blind to be praying for people to be healed? And the Lord answered me with, by bringing to my remembrance certain scriptures. He said, haven't I chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and the foolish things to confound the wise? Didn't I save others even though I couldn't save myself? And then he asked me, are you willing to live for me 100% even if it means being a fool for my sake? So that was all I needed, and with his help I agreed and have been 
glad I did so ever since. Did you know you can listen online or download your favorite nightlight shows, as well as other radio programs and audio inspirations produced at Radioactive Productions? Visit our website today at radioact.org. Steve, thanks so much for sharing with us your life, your heart. And we have time for you to introduce one more of your songs. And after that, you can wrap up with anything else that you'd like to add in closing. Sure. Well, I'd be happy to introduce a song I wrote when I was about 14 and recorded several years later at a studio in Mexico, which is called Pass Away. And it's based on scriptures that tell us that we shouldn't love the things of the world or base our life on the the carnal, but that we should focus our eyes on the eternal and seek to look ahead to the to the heavenly, seek to keep the heavenly vision because the things of the world are really just sinking sand that's eventually gonna pass away, like it says in in John's letter, first John I believe. The world passeth away and the lust thereof, so that's the basis for this song, Pass Away. Let us cast off 
the words of darkness And let us put on the armor of light And let us not sleep as do many others For that day is coming as a thief in the night When this world's gonna pass away Nothing will be here to stay much for being with us on Nightlight and sharing with us your story and your lessons and giving us some insight into what it's like to be blind and even the blessings you've received. And we admire you. And we who are sighted can too easily take that gift for granted. And it's only when we come across someone like yourself that we really get to appreciate the precious gift of sight that God has blessed us with. In closing, do you have any words of encouragement to anyone listening who is disabled or handicapped in any kind of a way? Yes. I'd like to say that it's wonderful and even important for us to believe in God's power to restore and heal those of us who battle with any kind of physical affliction, be it a an ailment or a disability or handicapped or whatever, that's wonderful, that's important. But especially to those who battle with long-term afflictions or chronic ailments or physical handicaps, what I want to say is, yeah, it, it's, great to, it's great to believe and have faith for healing, but we don't necessarily have to wait until we get healed for God to use us. Because he loves us as we are, and he uses us just as we are. And just like Paul states in Corinthians, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power is of God and not of us. So, as far as any short little words of advice I can give, don't be held back by whatever your situation might be, whatever boat you might be in physically. Because God can still come through and use you mightily if you just allow him to. Steve, thanks so much, and God bless you. I bless you too, and it's a pleasure to be here, and God bless all of you listeners, and thank you for having me on the show, Simon. Shining Love's Light. You're listening to Nightlight. Well, that's it for this show. Once again, thanks so much to Steve Gilb for being with us on the program. And hey, 
If you have an interesting testimony or something inspirational that you'd like to share, well, why don't you get in touch? And maybe we can talk to you over Skype and you can be our guest on an upcoming Nightlight show. This is Simon saying bye for now and God bless. God bless.